were continuing our Jericho prayer. In fact, you know, this end, that ended this morning. So I thought this morning it will be appropriate for me to share something in the same line from Joshua chapter 6. So I'm sure all of you, as you went through the time of prayer and those who couldn't, you all would have gone through Joshua chapter 6 at some point of time in your lives. Bible says there was a city by name Jericho. And Jericho was a fortified city with strong walls. The walls were so thick and so tall. But God gave a unique strategy for Joshua to capture the city because the city was on their way. They would not, they would not be able to progress or advance in their move towards the blessed land of Canaan. And God gave him strategy very clearly and Joshua executed the strategy of God very perfectly. You know, our God is a perfectionist at times. He defines everything very clearly. You remember Noah? He gave every speck very clearly. And you know what? He made the ark according to the specification. You know, today many of us work in the, in the IT environment. You know, specification is something which needs to be defined. If the specification is not defined properly, your project is not going to be, a, not going to be successful. So even after designing the specification, while implementing the specification, we make a lot of errors, right? We make a lot of mistakes. That's why many of us get job, right? So we make mistakes and we catch mistakes. You know, that creates a lot of job opportunities. So, so we, we are not that, that accurate and that uh, uh, perfect, perfect. But God is a perfectionist. So he gave him certain list of things that he's supposed to do in order to take victory over Jericho. And this is what God said. You need to march around the city for how many times? Hello? Okay, first initially you need to march for six times, right? So when you march six times, what we should do? When you march six times, you should shout? No, what else you can do? If you don't shout, if you don't shout, you can be silent. You can be quiet, right? So if you don't shout, you can be quiet. I mean, that's, that's really hard for us. That's, you know, if I was just thinking about it, if we were there that time, during that time, coming around the city of Jericho six times, and God is asking us to keep our mouth shut, Okay, <laughs> I'm, up to, I'm up to something this morning and you just spoiled it. Okay, let's move forward. Six times God asked them to keep quiet. And at the seventh time, as Sister Tinu mentioned, seventh time you need to march around that city how many times? Four times? Seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, what you should do? You should shout right so you need to control you need to control in order to for the miracle to happen so when this then then the priest when the priests blow the trumpet you are expected to shout a great shout that's what scripture said because scripture says and when that happens the city is going to fall down so that was the strategy that god gave to joshua and the children of israel so Joshua orchestrated that very well. He put the armed men, the soldiers at the friend, and followed by the priests. 
with the trumpet in their hands. And he set up the rear guard, the soldiers at the back, just before the Ark of the Covenant. So what are the, what are the sequence? Can anyone say what is the sequence? What did I say just now? Soldiers. Who goes first? Soldiers. And who goes, who, what comes next? Priests. Who comes next? Priests. And then what? Good. And then finally, the rear guard, again soldiers, right? So that's how he orchestrated the, 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 the procession towards the city of Jericho. And exactly what God told, he did exactly. And the city wall fell down. And they went into the city and burned everything except they collected gold, silver, and some of the precious things, you know, vessels of bronze and iron. They took everything and put, bring, brought that to the treasury of the temple of God. Amen? So that was the scenario, that, that's what we see in the book of Joshua chapter 6. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Beyond the Walls of Jericho. Can you say that with me? Beyond the Walls of Jericho. What is there beyond the walls of Jericho? And how we can appropriate what was going on on that day to our lives, to our families, in order to achieve what we want to achieve. You know, I believe this story is recorded in the book. Not just, you know, just simply as a story of the many stories written in the Word of God. I believe it is recorded in the Word of God with a purpose. With a purpose because when we live on the face of this earth, this similar scenario that comes in our lives, we want to progress, but we are unable to move forward because of the barriers, because of the obstacles, because of the walls that are standing in front of us, the strongholds, you know, they will not allow us to move forward. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? I want all of you to look at me as, as I speak, right? I, I need response. I expect response from all of your faces. Are you with me this morning? I'll ask some questions now. Okay, so we come across this scenario in our lives as we move forward in this journey. And that's the reason God said that it is very important that we understand this very well. So as I look into the whole scenario of the, you know, the strategy that God has given and the implementation that is going on right now, I see four different things, if you can get them on the screen. Number one, can you read with me? Number one is what? Seven trumpets of rams. Horns. Can you read it again? Seven trumpets. I'm going to ask after this, you know, what are the, those things we see? Seven trumpets. And then second, the Ark of the Covenant. And third, the wall of Jericho. And four, the treasures. Okay, now we can make the screen go off and then let's see whether we, are, we remember. Number one, <laughs> seven trumpets of Ram's horn. Number two, the Ark of the Covenant. Number three, the Wall of Jericho. Number four, the treasures. Very good. Very good. Let's put the screen back for them. Number one, let's talk a little bit about the seven trumpets of Ram's horns. You know, the sounding trumpets in the Old Testament days, in the olden days, they, when they sound trumpets, when they blow trumpet, that simply means they're trying to gain all of our attention. When you are in the war, friend, 
you know, they, didn't, they did not have the modern implements, but then, you know, when this is what, this was going on, when they sound the trumpet, they gained the attention of everyone. Because the trumpet voice is so heavy, so high. And then people come running together, they join together, they're thinking that, you know, probably, most likely, it is the time to get ready for battle. It's the time to get ready for war. Just one quick announcement. When that is made, people just join together in they all come together and they get ready for the battle. The biblical numerology number seven symbolizes what? Completion, completion, perfect, completion, perfection. Yeah, that, that's all good, right? So number seven, so God chose how many rams? Sorry, forget that question. God chose how many priests? Forget that also. How many trumpets? Seven trumpets. Right? Seven trumpets. Because just to make it complete, God chose seven trumpets. Because everything God does, as he said, he does everything perfectly. Do you believe that in your life what is going on right now, it is according to the will of God? God as long as you are in God, God is doing everything perfectly? It's a very tough question. Do you believe that God is doing everything perfectly? Or you say that, you know, you are a God who is not a perfectionist. You know, you don't do things, right? At times, God, you mess up things. Do we say that? Yes? No, we don't say that. We still believe that, you know, some of the things that we mess up, it's just we mess up, not God. God has nothing to do with those things. But God has taken, asked them to take seven trumpets. In Exodus chapter 19, Moses went up to Mount Sinai. He wanted to spend three days or more than that, you know, in Mount Sinai. But God said, on the third day, I will come down. I will appear. I will come down in the midst of people. And that's what God said in Exodus chapter 19. And there we see Shafar. Shafar is a trumpet. That trumpet is used in Exodus 19 verse 16. Can you go with me? Exodus 19, 16. Then it came, read with me. Then it came to pass on the third day. In the morning, remember all these things, on the third day, in the morning, that there were thunderings and what? Lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp, they trembled. In many places in the Old Testament, listen to me, many places in the Old Testament we see the encounter happens with God when there are music, when there is music. Encounter happens with God when there are music instruments are involved in this scenario. So there is a time of worship that's happening right now and the trumpet voice was, how the trumpet voice was? Look at the screen, look at the screen. Very loud. The trumpet voice was very loud. You know, even in our worship time, listen to me, I was just watching from here some of us worshiping. You know, we need to be really taught how to worship the Lord. We need to be really told how to worship the Lord. You know, there is a time to worship in silence. There are times we are silently worshiping the Lord. Yes, we speak to God, we connect with Him, we try to avoid the disturbance, and then we try to worship God. You see the worship leaders, the way they lead? There are times they are singing very soft, but there are times we need to make shouts of joy. It's part of Christianity. 
The Bible repeatedly says that Old Testament and New Testament repeatedly say we need to make shouts of joy. And the devil has done, you know, when you walk into the church, your mouth becomes shut. I was just watching all of you, all of you. Your mouth becomes shut. And you should ask your wife, is that the way your husband speaks at home? Is that the way your wife speaks at home? You know, some of us, you are, not, you are unable to you know, make any voice, I understand that, right? But we need to realize why our mouths are shut when we come into the church. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought of that? There are times we need to be silent in our worship. There are times we need to rejoice. You know, that's how the worship is led. You observe next time when somebody's leading the worship time. You know, I mean, Joy is, you know, she's exceptional. He's, she's just on fire the moment he starts the first song. First song, we say that, you know, you need to really slow down when you start the first song. There is a time, you know, you need to just silently worship. And then you just blow the trumpet, right? So, and praise God. You know, when we worship God, we need to make a noise. We need to make loud noise. That's what the Bible says. Exodus, let's go. Let me tell one more thing here. There is a time we need to sing books. You know, how many of you have sang song at the church with only with hymn books? That's what I used to do in my children, childhood days. Yeah, hymn books, right? So hymn books, you still remember those, those golden hymns? They are so fresh in our minds even today. So there are time to sing by looking at the hymn books or by looking at the screens. But once you get into the worship, you just really forget those things. You just really forget those things because there is a time to worship the Lord in spirit. If we go letter by letter, it's okay. But there is a time to worship the Lord in spirit because this is God is spirit and those who are worshiping him, we need to worship him in what? In truth and in spirit. Exodus 19.16 Bible says, verse 19, we are reading verse 19 now. Can you read with me verse 19 if it's there on the screen? No? Okay. Let me read verse 19 for you. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. When God started speaking, are you with me? Hello? When God started speaking, okay, you didn't listen. Let me read the scripture again. What? When the trumpet, let me read that again. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long, means it's sounding long in terms of time and became louder and louder than Moses spoke and God answered him by why. Why God was silent until that point of time? He wants it. Are you with me this morning? He wants it. He wants your loud voice of worshiping God. You cannot worship God in silence. Those who are silent, they are just ready to go down into the grave. That's what Bible says. Church is not the place to come and stand in silence. When you fold your hands in worship, next time I'm going to come and unfold your hands. Amen. Amen. Don't fold your hands in worship time. It's not the time to hold your hands. It is time to rejoice in the presence of God. You need to know how to worship God. Sometimes we have complaints. Why the song is so loud? Why the music is so loud? That's how we need to worship God. That's how we need to worship God. Let's read again the scripture again. Exodus 6, 19, 19, 19. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and become louder and louder, Moses spoke and God 
answered him by wine. There are many other references. There is another shout that is known as shout of joy. Children of Israel were asked to make the shout of joy at the seventh time on the seventh round. Why? For there is a reason for that. Psalm 8, 98, 6. Can you come with me to Psalm 98, 6? With trumpets. Can you read with me? <coughs> with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. You know, when we come to the temple of God, when we come into the presence of God, I know, I understand that some of us are not coming from that kind of background where we are encouraged, but then how long? How long? How long you have been here for such a long time? It is time to worship God. Read that again. With what? Trumpets and the sound of horn. Shout of shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Now, when you come in the presence of God, you realize that he is the king of kings, you will shout joyfully. There's a major shout going on now, you know, as India is progressing, or who is progressing now? Us, see, look at him. Hmm. Look at him. I told him that, you know, I told all of you that now don't get updated with the cricket store now, and he's just ready with an answer now. Australia is advancing. We have all the mechanism, you know, to get the score. I don't know how we get the score in our nerves, you know, at times. There's a major shout going on. You know, our God is mightier than that. Our God is mightier than the final cricket match that's going on. Can I hear an amen? Our God is much greater than whatever we could do on the face of this earth. The ram's horn is a beautiful picture of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because ram had to die to give away the horn that can be used for the glory of God. You know, you are, yours and mine, our self has to die in Christ. That's what scripture says repeatedly. The reason we are unable to blow the trumpet, blow the ram's horn today in our life, because the ram is not dead yet. Have you ever tried blowing the horn of a ram when the ram is alive? <laughs> Have you ever tried? Can't do that. The ram has to die. Yourself has to die. Myself has to die in order to raise the wise in the presence of God. You know, some of us are very conscious what the peer person who is next to you is thinking about you. I'll tell you the truth. He or she doesn't have time to think about you. No, they're not thinking about us. They're not thinking about us. You know, nothing but the death of Christ could bring any blessing that you deserve and I deserve. So today, the ram's horn in my life and in your life could be the shout of praise, the shout of joy, the songs of deliverance, the songs of victory, the celebration of victory. Are you with me this morning? You know, God wants us to do that often. When you're at home, go into the room, close the room or close the closet, get, into the, get inside of the room, get inside the closet, Start making the shouts of joy. You know, when you do that, you'll see that your atmosphere is changing. When you start doing it, you'll feel, you realize that your life is changing. There is a change that is coming inside of you. The burden is going away. The joy is coming inside of you. Number two, let's move forward. The Ark of the Covenant. The second thing that I see there is the Ark of the Covenant. 
Ark of the Covenant holds significance in the Old Testament as well as in the Judaic, Jew, Jewish traditions. Ark of the Covenant signifies what? In a very higher level. Anybody remember? Bible study, all the Bible studies. Ark of the Covenant, remember, signifies, let's, let's, let's come to that a little later. God said, this is what God said, you remember? If you remember, God said, you set up the Ark of the Covenant. I will speak to people from the mercy seat. If you remember, we'll put that in the, is, is that in the, is there? There's the picture there on screen? The Ark of the Covenant? You're saying no, yes? Yes, okay. <clears throat> so you see cherub, two cherubim covering the mercy seat of God. That's where God comes. Can you imagine? That's where God comes in the mercy seat covered by two cherubim and God comes there and he speaks Exodus 25 22 if you have the scripture can you read the scripture Exodus can you read with me and there I will meet with you God speaking to Moses and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. You know, listen to me. The good news is that if you want to listen to the voice of God, you need to take this Ark of Covenant to your house today. You need to take this Ark of Covenant to your house today because that's where God's presence is there. That's from there God speaks to us. Ark of the Covenant contains three things. What are those three things? Number one. Number one. We need to start our Bible study very soon. Let's read Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4. Can you come with me? Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4. Which had, it talks about the Ark of the Covenant, which had, number one, golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all the sides with gold in which were the, number one, the golden part that had the manna. Remember? God asked them to preserve manna in a golden plate so that they can show that to the future generation. Right? So that manna is hidden in there. It's stored inside the Ark of the Covenant. Number two, Aaron's rod that is burdened. Number three, and the tablets of the covenant. Three things. Ark of the Covenant had these three things inside of it. Golden part of manna. That simply represents, that simply tells God is our provider. Can you say provider? God is our provider. You know, when children of Israel had nothing to eat, nothing to have, you know, uh, consume, God provided them. God blessed them with manna, heavenly manna. So manna is stored that shows that God is our provider. How many of you believe that God is still your provider? Amen? Amen? In times of difficulty, in times of not having anything, in times of want, in times of need, God is still our provider. Now I hear testimonies. We, pastor, we came to this land and, you know, we just lived here months after months, even year it is already. But you know what? God is providing us somehow. We are not having proper job. We are not have proper income, but God is still providing. He's our provider. Number two, Aaron's burdened rod. Rod simply give, represents the protection that God can give to you and me. As a shepherd has its rod of protection, God still protects us. 
God still protects us from the destruction that, that we know that has happened, the unknown destructions that probably it happened in our lives. You know, when we drive on the road, when an accident comes, we know that there is an accident that has happened, and we say God protected. But when the accident did not happen, we did not know that there is an accident. But God protected us even before the accident happened. And even if the accident happened, none of our body is touched, none of our bone is broken, none of us are bruised. God has protected us. Can I hear an amen this morning? I, there are testimonies in this house that have God's protection, God's protective power in your life. Aaron's butter rod talks about the protection and also it calls, it, it talks about the calling of God over your life. The Bible says, New Testament says, we are called as what? Priests and as kings. You have priestly anointing and we have king calling, calling of a king in over our lives. It also buttered rod, that means it talks about growth. You know, we talked enough about growth, right? <laughs> During this year, it talks about growth again. It talks about growth. It talks about many different things. It talks about, in fact, the coming Messiah. It represents the Lord, the God who is coming back. So Aaron's butter rod. The number three is tablets of covenant. It talks about the covenant relationship between God and man. You know, when we come to know Christ, when we come to know Jesus, we come into the covenant relationship with God. You know, that's the reason even if you go away from God, God brings us back. He doesn't abandon us. So Ark of the Covenant is brought into the miracle zone. That's where the miracle is about to happen. And God performed the miracle. You know, everything is important. As we talked about this morning, you know, the first thing we talked about, the ram's horn, the priest's trumpets, that's very important, the shout of joy. And secondly, we are talking about Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is a great blessing. That's the reason I said that you need to take the Ark of the Covenant back home when you leave from here to home. Because Bible says at some point of time, a person by name, Obed Edom, he has agreed, nobody wants to keep the Ark of the Covenant and he said, you know, it can come to my house, I will keep them. Because they were all so afraid. Do you remember people who touched the Ark of the Covenant, they just died on the spot, right? So everybody was afraid, afraid, and the Obadiah said, this is what he said, can you read with me 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 11. Bible says, the ark, can you read with me, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadiah the Gittite for how many days? Three months. And the Lord blessed Obadiah and all his household. You need to take this to home. You need this ark of covenant in your life. Today, the Ark of Covenant could be your relationship with God because Ark of Covenant, that's where God comes in the mercy seat to speak to people. You know, if you don't have that relationship with God, this morning God is asking you to take the relationship with you of continuing to speaking to God. You know, many times we go through the motion of Christianity, especially in the season of Christmas. We don't have time for God. We have time for practice. Listen to me carefully. We are time for practice. We are trying to do many other things, but we lose time with God. And that is important. That's very important. The Ark of the Covenant is a relationship with God and our calling that we have on our lives. Each one of you is called. Each one of you is called. Are you with me this morning? Hello? Are you with me? Each one of you is called. 
We have a calling, otherwise we don't walk with the Lord. Otherwise when trouble comes, we just walk away from the Lord. The reason we are clinging on to him, the reason God is still loving you is because he, is, he has called us. So God wants us to carry the presence of God with us because that's where God resides. Number three, the wall of Jericho. Next we see the wall of Jericho. This is not an easy wall to hop over. Archaeologists say that the stone, there is a stone retaining wall at the outer side, like any other big construction. There was a retaining wall, and the height of the retaining wall was 12 to 15 feet. Can you imagine 12 to? How tall am I? Yeah, you're right. Whatever you said. So the retaining wall is 12 to 15 feet, more than double of my height. That's a retaining wall. And over that, there is a mud brick wall of six feet thick. Right? If you lay me down, that's the thickness of the wall. Six feet thick. And that wall's height is 20 to 26 feet. So eventually, we are talking about a wall of, you know, 35 to 45 feet tall wall. So children of Israel are coming round and round around this wall. So we're talking about the wall of Jericho. By the way, this is not the wall of protection. You know, many times we pray, God, you protect me with wall of fire. You protect me with wall. That's so that the enemy cannot touch me. But this is not the wall of protection. This is a wall that we need to overcome. This is a wall. This is an obstacle. This is an obstruction that is on our way. It represents barrier. Something that is preventing us from achieving what we want to achieve. Listen to me. In many of your lives, you know that the blessing that you have been looking for is just right there. But there is something which is preventing. There is something which is blocking. We are talking about that this morning. So these are the kind of walls that we face every day in our lives. But it is impossible to cross over. It is impossible to cross over. Can you come with me to Joshua chapter 6 verse 20? What happened there? Can you read with me? So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. It looks like a story. But when it comes in your life, unless you apply faith, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There are many walls and barriers in our lives. I want to talk about three walls quickly. Wall of the past. You know, we carry that wall wherever we go. That we keep that wall in front of us so that, you know, we are unable to cross the wall to get into the blessing zone. The traumatic experiences that we went through in our lives in the past, we allow them to carry it forward, them to be carried forward. And at times we get depressed, at times emotionally we are knocked down because of those traumatic experiences. We allow some generational curses coming into our lives. I always tell about this. I know my dad. I know my granddad. I don't know anybody beyond that. Who knows he was a murderer? Who knows he was a magician? Who knows he killed many people? And that causes can come generation after generation into your life and into the life of your children. Wall of the past. 
traditions, some of the traditions we carry. When God wants to touch our lives, every tradition has to fall down. Every tradition. Every tradition. Today, Pentecostal churches have strong traditions. Everything has to go away. And only God can touch us. And only God can bless us. Walls of the past, walls of the present, the kind of struggles that we go through in our lives, the health condition, the financial struggles, the relational struggles, walls of the futures. There are many uncertainties in our lives. There are many blessings that we want to receive. There are things that are not settled in our lives. How many of you feel that my life is not settled yet? I'm still going through struggles in my life. My life is not settled. We have fear. We have worry. We have unknown things, unknown areas in our lives. You know, we have, we are, we, we, old age is another concern. Our career, our progress, our partners. Getting somebody married is a big deal now. Right? Because we want to make sure our children are not like us. They should be doing better. Amen? Okay, amen. So we need to identify those walls in our lives. The walls of the past, the walls of the present, and the walls of the future. Until that happens, until we knock that wall down, we'll not be able to reach the blessing zone. That's just there in front of us. The person that you are looking for in your life is just there in front of you. Today we are unable to reach because of that wall. The job that you are looking for is just right there, but you see a thick wall. How thick it is? Six feet. Six feet thick. And God wants us to bring that wall down. Number four, thing that I see there is the treasure. Is the treasure. You know, most of the time we talked about the wall falling down and we are so fascinated. We clap our hands and we jump because the wall is what? Fallen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We move forward. But there is treasure. There is treasure. Joshua 6.24. Can you come with me? But they burned. Can you read with me? But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron. They put it into the treasury of the house of the Lord. That's where the treasure is. You know, remember they made a shout of joy. They carried the presence of God into the scenario. The obstruction was destroyed completely. Now they could inherit the blessing. That's the strategy God gave to the children of Israel. Why do you think that the story of again the same question written in the book? Not to really bring down another city like this. You know, many times we go for Prayer walk. What kind of prayer walk? Jericho prayer walk. I mean, it's good. I'm not criticizing that prayer walk, but you know, our objective is not to bring down some city or some town. Our objective there is to bring down the strongholds of the enemy. Amen? But why this is written? I believe for a simple reason it is written because we need to destroy certain strongholds in our lives. We need to destroy certain walls in our lives. You know, most of the time we build that wall in our mind. In our mind. We have a strong opinion about certain things in our mind. <coughs> and if that is anything that is against the will of God, we should be able to destroy that opinion in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you see behind the wall that is standing so strong, so, so tall in front of you? 
Those are the treasures in your life. What is beyond that wall is the treasure. Treasure is a valuable, but it is not easily available. It is hidden. Treasure is not available openly so that anybody can pick it up. It is valuable, so much value in it, but it is hidden. And we need to uncover. We need to bring down every hindrance and we need to bring the treasure in our hands. And you know what? In this world, everyone is fighting for the treasure. If you consider career as a job, there are many competitors with you. For you, for the job, for that position. Everybody is fighting. There are two major kinds of treasures. One is earthly treasure. Another one is heavenly treasure. Just want to talk a little bit about it and then we are going to get in the time of prayer. The earthly treasure, the smartest, the wisest, the fastest, are the most cunning people of this world, they will go and grab. And you and I stand behind most of the time. Have you come across that situation in your life? You see that, you know, you want to achieve something, you want to get into something, but there is somebody who is smarter than you who took over. Who took over, that's a, that's a real thing. Children of Israel, they had no physical strength to bring that wall down. They had no weapons in their hands to bring that wall down. They were so weak. They were so weak. You know, you and I are like this in this world. The treasure is hidden there. The treasure is hidden there. We may, not, we may or may not be the smartest in our life. Listen to me. But by our strength, we cannot do it. By our strength, we cannot bring such a huge wall down. But by God's strength, you can do it. Amen. I need to, I, I want you to get into this understanding this morning before we leave, before we close. By God's strength, you can do it. Can I hear an amen this morning out loud? Children of Israel, they were coming around to get the treasure, the earthly treasure that we talked about. Another treasure is the heavenly treasure. We cannot get it by worldly means. You know, as uh, Joy was mentioning, Joy was mentioning this morning, the life on this earth. Are you? Somebody said, life on this earth is very short. I think the worship time. We need to grab the heavenly treasure. We can never miss that heavenly treasure because that's what we are going to be in life, in, in, in the rest of our lives, long, long life after we are done with on the face of this earth. So we need proper guidance. We cannot go astray. We can't allow ourselves to be given to deception. We need to be taken and guided in the proper way so that we can grab, we can get hold of the heavenly treasure. And children, that's the reason children of God obeyed stage by stage, step by step. If some other prophet, somebody else would have come inside and deviated, diverted the people of God from implementing what God asked them to implement, the whole scenario would have been messed up. The whole thing would have been messed up. You know, that's the reason we should be very careful in following God. You know, many times, for many of us, there are easy options available in this world. Listen to me. It's very important. Just getting this now, right now. There are many options available. I can go here for prayer. I can go here for prophecy. And we think that our problem will come to an end. But when God wanted to deal with us, God wanted us to change some of our characters inside of us 
some of our behaviors so that we can receive those blessings, the shortcut is not going to help. Are you with me? The shortcut is not going to help. We need to go through the furnace of allowing God to change our character, to change us. Then only we can experience the heavenly blessing. Children of God achieve this just by four-letter word. O, B, E, Y. They just achieved this word, this, this, this blessing, this treasure, just by four letters. O, B, E, Y. And that treasure is hidden in the book that we hold in our hands. That's where the treasure is. And God wants us to treasure that book like anything. That's why you listen to the messages. That's why you listen to the word of God, reading the word of God. Prayer, meditation, worship, they all guide us to achieve and move forward to receive the heavenly treasures in the right way. And you know what? Both the treasures that we talked about, the earthly treasures and the heavenly treasures, both are in the hands of God. Amen? Both are in the hands of God. So instead of seeking the treasures, God is asking us to seek God because in Him, everything. Can you come with me to Job chapter 23, verse 12? Can you read with me? Write it down. This is a beautiful scripture. Job 23, 12. I have not departed from the commandment of His lips. I have treasured the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. Job is saying, I treasure the commandment of the Lord more than what is needed for me to live, survive on the face of this earth. When we need or when we do understand this biblical principle very clearly, we'll be able to achieve the treasure that we need in our lives. The simple understanding is that everything that you need is in God. Can I hear an amen again? That doesn't mean that we should not work hard. That doesn't mean that we should not go and seek. We need to do everything. But remember that what we are looking for, the person you are looking for as a future partner for you, the job that you are looking for, the career development that you are looking for, the spiritual blessings that you are looking for, the relationship settlement that you are looking for, anything that you are looking for on the face of this earth is in God is in God. That means we cannot change or we cannot, we, it means we should not work. That doesn't mean that we need to work hard, but it means we should not change the priority. We should not change the priority. If everything is found in God, I would put God on top of everything in my life. <coughs> because I know through him, only I can get anything that I want to get. Three scriptures. Second Peter verse, chapter 1 verse 3. Can you read with me? Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. As his, if you under, read with understanding, we'll be able to move forward. As his divine power has given us to all things that pertain to this life on earth and for our godliness which will help for our eternity through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. All that we need for this life and for our eternity, all are given through the knowledge of Him. How much you know God, that much you are blessed. That's the reason we need to know that the only place we can know God is where? Where? Church? In His Word. Can you say that hundred times this morning in position? Hundred times in His Word. Never forget, nowhere else you can find God. You can find God only in His Word. 
Second scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Can you read with me? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All your need. That includes your physical need, your material need, your spiritual need. One more scripture. Second Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. That simply means God's grace is sufficient for you in every scenario, in every situation, you know, whatever you need this morning. May it be work, may it be work visa, work permit, our settlement in this nation, our future partner, our health condition, our job situation, financial settlement, a family relationship, whatever we are looking for, it's in him. It's in him. All the scriptures, there are many other scriptures, shall we all arise this morning? Everything is found in God. And as I summarize, this is how I would like to summarize. Today, God wants us to take the seven trumpets of ram's horn. That is nothing but the shout of joy. That has to come out of your lips. That shout of joy has to come out of your lips. Until you hold, you will not see a release of God's blessings. You should release that spirit that is bothering you to go. When you make the shout of joy, that spirit leaves you. Shout of joy, the loud praise rising from our lives. The trumpet of the horns. The shout of victory. And we need to march against the obstacles by carrying the presence of God. By carrying the presence of God. The presence of God is a relationship that you have with your Lord. The time that you spend with your Lord God, our covenant, it's in our covenant relationship. It's a calling of God in our lives. And then we will inherit the treasures that are hidden, that are beyond the walls. Amen. Shall we pray this morning?